For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome back to the Dur Show. A lot has happened over this uh, weekend, including uh, including today. The um, uh, Durham report has finally come out after four years. We'll talk about that uh, briefly. Uh, the Turkish election ended up with Erdogan uh, considerably ahead, but uh, without uh, a majority. <clears throat> um, a new witness has, uh, or a new witness statement has come forth in the in the Penny case. That's the case of the ex-Marine who put a stranglehold on the uh, person who was screaming on the subway and who ended up dying as the result of the uh, of the stranglehold. We'll talk about that uh, extensively. And uh, we'll answer a lot of your questions. There were a lot of comments, a lot of negative ones, particularly about transgender rights. We'll get to some of those uh, in, in time. Let, let's start uh, briefly with uh, uh, the Durham report. I mean, the Durham report uh, basically could have been entitled uh, Get Trump. Um, it, it basically validates everything I've written in my book. Uh, what it said basically is that... Um, they were biased, um, that many of the people conducting the investigation were twisting the facts and twisting the law and twisting the evidence um, in favor of finding something uh, criminal, something wrong with Trump and favoring um, um, the, other, the other side. Um, um, Durham said that they failed to use professionalism and they skewed the evidence and they uh, opened an investigation based on uh, very, very questionable raw intelligence, which turned it out, of course, to be totally uh, false. I mean, everybody now knows <clears throat> that the investigation uh, was, uh, was rigged and was false. Uh, but now uh, the Durham report has confirmed it in, in large um, measure. Of course, the New York Times starts its headline. Its headline, this is not the editorial page. This is the headline. Uh, in final report, Trump-era special counsel denounces Russia investigation. When he was appointed, everybody was praising him for his objectivity and his uh, long experience as an independent, nonpartisan prosecutor. But he's come up with a report critical of, of Democrats and supportive of Donald Trump. So suddenly he gets tarred with the label of a Trump-era special counsel. MSNBC did the same thing. In their headlines, no surprise, uh, the headline would have been completely different if the report had come out um, more favorably to the investigation and to uh, the, the Clinton uh, campaign, but it didn't. And so uh, the Times, which doesn't understand the difference between the first page and its editorial page, decides to editorialize immediately and be critical of, of Durham, I'm sure they wrote this headline before reading the report. I have to tell you, I haven't read the whole report. I've glanced through it. Uh, it's available online. I've read uh, the Wall Street Journal, the New York Times, and 
a number of the other accounts of it, but I'm, I'm not going to do a show uh, on it tonight because I haven't done my homework yet. I haven't read everything about the case. And so I'm, I'm going to wait until I read it and then we'll, we'll, we will have a show on that. I, I already know enough to know that it <clears throat> vindicates everything I've said about the bias of the investigation and the get Trump mentality. I mean, they practically use the term get Trump in the uh, report. They basically say that the investigators slanted everything in the direction of trying to get Trump. Um, and they, they, they didn't succeed. Uh, and now they've gotten their comeuppance and we'll see what happens. Um, we'll see. Of course, a lot of Democrats will simply trash the report, saying it was uh, done by uh, a Trump-era uh, appointee, appointee, again, praised by, by many Democrats and many on both sides of the aisle for his history of objective law enforcement. Okay, just one minute on, on Turkey. We're not going to spend a lot of time on that. Erdogan <clears throat> is a very strange uh, leader, I don't know what his own religious views are, but he has understood that uh, by turning Turkey from what it has been historically for 100 years, um, the first secular uh, state, it's interesting, Turkey and Iran were the two most secular states uh, among uh, Arab and Muslim states. They're, neither of them are Arabs, but they're Muslim states. And Ataturk um, prided himself on turning uh, Turkey into a secular into a secular state after the end of the First World War. Erdogan has turned that back, and he's trying to turn um, it into an Islamic state. And the man who ran against him and got 44 plus percent of the vote to Erdogan's 49 plus percent of the vote is uh, more of a secularist and more of somebody who. Uh, sees civil rights and civil liberties and the rule of law as essential to governing in Turkey. Um, so uh, we'll wait until we see the results of the election. That will be in two weeks because neither side got enough votes to pass the 50% threshold. So there'll be a runoff. Erdogan looks like he is ahead. Um, he did get 5% more. Lots of voters, by the way, in Turkey. Uh, they have a very, very high percentage of, of voting. It's interesting that both Turkey and Iran have um, people, populations, that are much more imbued with principles of democracy, for example, than the, the Saudis and the Jordanians and the Syrians and uh, others. Uh, and they're the two countries that have been taken over uh, much more, much more so by the Ayatollahs in Iran who are hanging. I mean, they recently hanged two people for blasphemy, blasphemy. You know, that's a, a 15th century concept. People said some some critical things about um, Muhammad and they hang them for it. Uh, you know, when I went to yeshiva, if you said critical things about um, Moses or you'd have to sit in the corner for 15 minutes. But hanging seems like a little extreme for expressing dissenting views on religion, but that's what they're doing uh, regularly now in Iran, and they're not doing that in Turkey, but they are certainly compelling people against their will to engage in uh, theocratic and, and non-secular functions. So, uh, you know, those are basically the headlines, but let's turn to the new development in, um, in the... Um, 
Penny case, let's just remind ourselves of, of what happened. Uh, I thought the facts were fairly clear, but now a new development has occurred. Um, so what was reported to have happened was that um, a man got on the F train. Uh, people were just trying to go where I have to go on a train. I used to use those trains all the time as a as a young man going to, going to high school, going to hot college. Um, people got on the train and this um, homeless man started screaming and yelling and making statements that seemed threatening, but not necessarily physical threatening, very disturbing. A lot of people on the train got very upset, as you might. Remember, trains are very enclosed and they usually are between stations, so you can't get out. Um, and um, the Marine um, jumped on this guy, grabbed him, put his arm around his neck in a chokehold, which he said he learned as a Marine was a good way to prevent people from uh, engaging in violent conduct. And he claimed the the hold was entirely preventable, wasn't designed to hurt him, or certainly certainly wasn't intended to, to kill him. That was the, the tragic uh, result. And, uh, and so there was a lot of pressure. AOC, of course, called it murder. Um, just ask yourself the question, what would AFC have said if the racial roles had been reversed, if the homeless man had been white and the ex-Marine had been black? Uh, you can be absolutely sure absolutely sure that AOC would not have said anything, or if she said anything, it would be to defend the black man uh, for having taken action against the, the, the white homeless man. She sees everything through the prism of, of race um, and many others uh, who called for a murder, murder investigation uh, would never, ever have uh, gotten involved in this case had the, had the racial roles been uh, reversed. But, you know, we live in a world where everything is race. Everything is seen through the prism of race. Some people call it a reckoning based on the George Floyd case. It's not a reckoning. It's, it's, a, it's a reopening of racial differences that I thought we were on the, uh, in the process of reducing. But no, we're now in the process of, of in, increasing. And so you know, uh, the Bible, as I've said before, says, don't recognize faces, don't recognize races, don't recognize genders, do justice solely on the basis of the acts um, and the intentions of the individual person. But we're away from that. Um, look, uh, recently, close to $2 million has been contributed to the defense fund to defend uh, um, a penny. <clears throat> I don't want to be critical of, of that, I think it's a good thing. I think he deserves to have the best possible <clears throat> defense lawyer. I would be happy to confer with his defense lawyers and give them the benefit of my 60-year experience in handling homicide cases. I probably, as a defense attorney and appellate lawyer, handled as many of them as anybody else uh, and with great success. Um, happy, happy to do that. But I have to tell you, I wonder how many of the people who gave $2 million would have given the money had the had the roles been reversed racially, had the person who was being prosecuted been black and, and the uh, person who was uh, killed been white. Uh, I'm not taking sides here. I'm just saying we see too much today through the prism of race. There's too much we take sides. We're not going to wait to hear for the evidence. We're going to see 
who the race, the racial components are, and we're going to take take sides based on on that. Well, now comes this this new statement, um, and this is a subway rider, a strap hanger, um, who um, who was there, and the subway rider said Neely, he's the man who was killed, who had a history of mental illness, was threatening passengers after he hopped on an F train to Manhattan. He, and this is quotes from her, he said, I don't care, this is in quotes, I'll take a bullet, I'll go to jail, because he would kill people on the train, the woman said of Neely. He said, quote, and this is a quote, this is a direct quote, and it will be obviously central to the trial, this quote. She says, she will testify if she's called, she says that he said, I would kill a mother, F you, I don't care. I'll take a bullet. I'll go to jail. If he, in fact, said, I will kill a MF, um, that, it seems to me, is a pretty strong defense. I think if somebody who's raving and raging is threatening to kill, it is perfectly appropriate for somebody to put the person in, in a hold. I'm not saying, saying a chokehold. I'm saying a hold to make sure that he doesn't have a knife, doesn't have a gun, uh, doesn't have the ability and the capability of doing this. After all, he was a, a young man, somebody who could easily have you know, done damage to people. Remember, he had previously sent a woman to a hospital by punching her just with his fist, punching her in the head and causing her brain damage. So um, the case takes on a completely different dimension if this testimony is accurate. And by the way, it's not hearsay testimony. It's a direct testimony. She was there. Um, it's not admitted for the truth. It's admitted for the fact that he said it. If he, if he said, I would kill a MF, I don't care. I'll take a bullet. I'll go to jail. If he used the words, I would kill, then it seems to me he has a very, very strong defense. I hope he has a good defense uh, lawyer who doesn't politicize the case, who handles it as a straightforward manslaughter homicide case. I think the prosecutor rushed to judgment. I don't think there should have been an indictment at this point before the investigation was completed. I'd like to know whether the prosecutor spoke to this woman, whether the prosecutor was aware at the time he told the prosecutor to indict this particular ham sandwich, whether he uh, was aware that there was an eyewitness who, I guess, says she will testify under oath subject to perjury, that she heard him say, I would kill uh, an MF. Now, let's also find out whether there are other witnesses on the train who might have heard it, or maybe other witnesses who would say, no, he didn't say that. I was there. I know for sure he didn't say that. So you could have Either witnesses who contradict or witnesses who don't confirm or hypothetically a witness who does confirm. Let's wait and see what the totality of the evidence is before we rush to um, judgment. Um, you know, this man is an ex-Marine. Uh, he did what many people would hope that others would do on a subway. He acted as a good Samaritan. He may have gone too far. Uh, the question is not, was it appropriate for him to try to hold the person who was threatening, if not threatening, at least 
con causing concern among passengers. Was he a good Samaritan? But he didn't hold him around the, the, the chest. Uh, he held him by the throat. He says he was trained to do that. A jury, ultimately, if the case goes forward, will have to decide whether or not that constituted the use of excessive force, whether it was negligent, whether it was reckless. Um, at least the DA had the good, good mind not to uh, follow the idiocy of AOC, who wanted him in, indicted for murder. Uh, if, if, if AOC were the prosecutor, she's not a lawyer. Um, I think she's a, a bartender. Um, but she um, doesn't seem to have not only any expertise in, in law, but any common sense about it. Um, um, but if, if, if a prosecutor had indicted him for, for murder, I think that would have been a scandal. But remember, we live in an age where that's happening. Uh, the Kim Potter case, he, he just, she just made a mistake. It was an accident. And she ended up taking her gun instead of a taser and shooting somebody with a, also a, a history and a record of violence and criminality. But in both cases, it seems like the perpetrators, uh, the alleged perpetrators, didn't know uh, necessarily of the history of violence. In the Kim Potter case, there was a greater basis for it because there was uh, a warrant out for his arrest. And there was other information that she may very well have had access uh, to. In this case, I think what we see is what we get. Uh, he was on the the train he saw he didn't he saw somebody acting in a bizarre way he didn't know that he had 40 something arrests including most relevantly the arrest for almost killing a woman with his bare hands and giving her brain damage by the way if the jury finds out about that the case is over and if the jury doesn't find out about that the case might be over so uh one of the biggest issues in the case will be uh whether or not the jury learns about his prior history, relevant things about his, his prior history. Um, generally, the jury would not learn about that if the defendant didn't know anything about it. In the Bernard Getz case, I think the jury did learn about it. And I think the theory, this goes back a long time, so you'll have to check my memory, but I think the theory was that the people on the train acted so aggressively that he had the right to believe that they had extensive experience with this kind of thing and with law enforcement. I don't know what theory this would come in on, but it, I can tell you one thing, it will have an enormous difference and an enormous impact on the case. So, so let's, let's hit withhold judgment. I'm going to withhold judgment also on the Durham case until I read more of the report itself. It's been long in coming, four years, and you have to give deference to somebody who studied the case uh, for four years and uh, came out with a report, not during an election season, to his credit. So um, I'll report back to you in next days as to what my feeling is about the report. But uh, um, I, from what I've read, it seems to reflect this, this get Trump mentality. Now, you know, what do these two cases have in common? They have an enormous amount in common, they both reflect the criminalist, the politicization of the criminal justice system. They both reflect the weaponization of uh, the criminal justice system for racial reasons, for political reasons, um, for partisan uh, reasons. And um, it's important to understand 
that our criminal justice system is being misused by both sides uh, today. Um, um, obviously, today, there's not only a get Trump mentality, there's also a get Hunter Biden mentality. Now, you know, you have to decide maybe both are justified, maybe one is justified, maybe the other isn't. But you can't dispute the fact that there is a get Hunter Biden mentality. There are people out there who are saying no matter what the facts are, no matter what the law is, let's get Hunter Biden. That's the way of getting rid of Joe Biden. And there are clearly others, written a whole book about it, who say get Trump, no matter what the facts are, no matter what the law is, the Durham report confirms that. And and I think the losers are the American public because we're really, really losing the objectivity and neutrality. And again, the Bible, a wise book written you know, more than 3,000 uh, years ago, and the two instructions to judges, don't take bribes and don't recognize faces. And that's the big sin that's being committed today by both sides. They're recognizing faces and they're asking the criminal justice system to go after people, to get them based on their faces, their races, and their political parties. Okay, so let's turn to... Uh, I wanted to add just one more thing before we finish that. Um, I saw an interesting play this weekend. I didn't like it much. Uh, I've got a lot of uh, hullabaloo. Um, I, I didn't think it was a particularly good play. Uh, called Parade in New York. It got Tonys and all that stuff. But, you know, I make my own judgments. I, I didn't like it. My wife didn't like it. It's about the Leo Frank case. Uh, the Leo Frank case is the only case in American history that we know of where a Jew has been lynched by a Southern mob. What happened in that case was a Jew was framed for the murder of a young white girl. And the murder was in fact committed by a black man um, named John Connolly. We, we know that for fact now. We know there was a witness that, that saw that happen. Um, we know that he confessed to a lawyer that he did it. The play absolutely leaves that out. The play totally leaves out the fact that a black man was guilty of a crime for which a Jew uh, was hanged because it's not politically correct. It's not politically correct to blame anything on a black man. In fact, the black man is, who's the murderer is, is, is in some respects lionized. He gets the best song in the whole play. Um, and it's again, just part and parcel of, of what's going on in America, there's a whole scene in the play added, added recently, it wasn't in the original, uh, but the reckoning, the, the George Floyd reckoning required that every play on Broadway must have commendable, obviously commendable black characters. So you have a couple that are bemoaning the fact, all right, a Jew is, is, is being framed for something he didn't do. But think of how many black people have had that happen to them as if this comparison is, is apt when a, a, a Jew is about to be uh, lynched and framed for a crime he had nothing to do with. Uh, but that's uh, Broadway, and I keep going back. I don't know why I'm going back. And now, of course, you know, both the Tonys and the Oscar, you have to kind of take a pledge before you can submit anything to a Tony and an Oscar that you believe in the new political uh, correctness of um, diversity, inclusion, and equity. Um, what about art? Um, what about merit? Um, we're just seeing the world around us change so dramatically and such a movement away from meritocracy. I don't care about that on Broadway, so I just can walk out of a play. But I want my pilot. I want my surgeon.
to be the best possible people without regard to race or gender or ethnicity or partisanship or anything else. Um, and, uh, you know, there was a time back in the day when I was growing up when meritocracy didn't prevail, when your doctor at Columbia was probably selected because he wasn't a Jew, because he was a wasp. Uh, there were quotas um, and limits on Jewish doctors. That was not a good situation either. Um, and then there was this golden era where meritocracy seemed to prevail and we're losing, we're losing that golden era. Uh, today, it's not any longer the wasps and the Brahmins that uh, get picked because of their race or religion or more often because of the absence of being Jewish or Catholic or uh, some other quote, undesirable uh, quality. Um, but uh, we're, seeing, we're seeing race today playing far too much of a role uh, in selecting people for jobs that must be based on merit. We'll see what the Supreme Court says about that. It will happen in the next um, two months sometime. So stay tuned. Let's look at some letters. Um, okay, here we go. Great broadcast, Professor. I just don't understand how George Soros escaped your research and comment. No, he's never escaped my research and comment. George Soros is an awful uh, man. Um, he has used his financial wealth uh, gained under questionable circumstances. Uh, we all know what he did in terms of uh, the British pound and other things. And we know how he started his life. Uh, collecting property from the Nazis in, in Budapest, Hungary. Not a man I want my children to emulate or my grandchildren to emulate. I don't like him. Um, and I've said so. And I've also said that going after George Soros for what he's done is not anti-Semitic. Some people have used Soros to make anti-Semitic comments. They've made him the new Rockefeller. Or, you know, the, 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 I'm sorry, the new Rothschild or the new whatever. Um, but... Uh, I, I, I've been very critical of George Soros. I've been critical of the people he has selected to, to be DAs and the money he has poured into that in order to control uh, prosecutors. Um, and, uh, and so, yeah, he's, on, he's very much on, on, on my uh, radar. Uh, I'm glad you took action by contacting Eric Trump. Free speech doesn't mean good people should knowingly or unknowingly associate with anti-Semites. Okay. I had a lot of letters about that. And some people uh, said, um, well, I was suppressing free speech. No, no, let, let this Nazi uh, McCann speak wherever he wants. Uh, let him put up a soapbox. I'm just telling the Trumps um, that they shouldn't be associated with him. And Eric Trump agreed with me. Uh, now that he knew who he was, no, we're not, nobody's suppressing his free speech. He has his own rumble station. He can talk. He just can't talk in the same event that uh, that Eric Trump uh, is talking at because Trump doesn't want to be associated with him. Do you think I would have to be associated with him? Of course, I would never speak at the same event he was speaking at. That's not a violation of, of free speech. Okay, Mr. Dershowitz, if you had been in the Supreme Court during Roe versus Wade, which specific parts of the Constitution would you have cited in your opinion in favor of abortion? I wouldn't have. I would have voted the other way. I don't think uh, that Roe versus Wade was correct. I, I think you could make an argument that the Fourth Amendment, uh, the right of the people to be secure in their persons, uh, could make uh, that case. But 
there's an argument on the other side. I would have left it to the state legislatures. And I think if that had happened, um, it would have helped the Democrats. That's not the reason I would have been opposed to it. Uh, but I think that's the effect that it would have had. And uh, I think that the states now would have, it would have become a big issue in the states. And I think the uh, right to life people would have won. They, they just disappeared once they had the Supreme Court on their side. So uh, I didn't support Roe versus Wade. I wrote against it when it happened. And I didn't support its overruling 50 years later, because when you have a precedent that's 50 years old, you have to give it a little bit more respect. And I certainly fundamentally disagreed with the Supreme Court reaching out and overruling it in a case that didn't raise that issue. The issue in Mississippi was whether or not banning abortion after 15 weeks was constitutional. And the Supreme Court could have said yes without overruling Roe versus Wade. Uh, okay, let's see what else we have today in our mailbox. Um, I also tweeted, Eric, to please cancel. Thankfully, the Trumps did. They didn't cancel. They just said, not on our property, not at our event. Um, Rashid Tlaib was planning to host the Nakba Day event and planned to use the House side as a venue, but Kevin McCarthy canceled the event and the Democaucus leader, Pete Aguilar, condemn McCarthy for canceling the event. The event will move forward because Bernie Sanders and Senate health chairman has agreed to allow them to use his committee room for the event. I want to know your opinion. I don't think that uh, every racist um, congressperson um, has the right to hold uh, events in, in the House. Uh, let's assume you had a, a, a Republican who believed in segregation and thought Brown versus education was, was wrongly decided, or who believed that blacks are, quote, racially inferior, or, or Jews are racially inferior, or gays are racially inferior. Do you think the House would have allowed the House committee room to be used for that? that that's not a question of free speech. It's a question of endorsement. And so I think that uh, McCarthy did exactly the right thing. I think Bernie Sanders behaved atrociously uh, by giving uh, Tlaib uh, an opportunity to use um, the, a Senate room to tell her lies. And, and they're just lies. Nakba, catastrophe, self-inflicted catastrophe. Palestinians were offered a state in 1947-1948, a full state, much, much larger than Israel on usable arable land. And they turned it down and decided on a genocidal war, which resulted in some people having to leave. Is that a Nakba? And if it's a Nakba, whose fault was it? So if you want to have an honest discussion or debate about Nakba, invite me. I'd be happy to participate and present a point of view and invite Tlaib to present the other point of view. Let's have a debate, but not having a hate fest uh, sponsored by either the House or the Senate. So uh, shame, shame, shame on Bernie Sanders. Shame on Cori Bush. She attended this. Uh, she is also uh, uh, a racist um, member of Congress who sees everything through the prism of, of race, who has um, made statements that amount to anti-Semitism and has supported anti-Semite. She's in Congress. You know, you can't stop that. But you don't have to give congressional rooms to people. The rule has to be the same. If you wouldn't give the room to a white supremacist, you cannot give the room to somebody like uh, like Tlaib. That's the simple rule. Whatever the rules are, have to be applied equally. See you tomorrow.
For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.